Welcome back to Detroit Strange. That's Jess over there. And that's Alex sitting across from me. Yeah. And this is our podcast. Yeah. Back at it. Detroit Strange. Spooky season. Yeah. You might have noticed we've gone a little bi-weekly lately. Yeah. We're going to do that through the rest of the year because, you know, it's crazy times. Yeah. And uh, we'll check back at the beginning of the year and let you know what our release schedule will look like then. Yeah. So one thing I want to talk about real quickly Mm -hmm. is something that was very fun to find out. Yeah. And we are sorry for the delay in response to this because we received an Instagram message at the end of September that I just saw today. Yeah. Uh, It went into that weird folder, you know? Yeah. Where if you're not like friends with someone, it like kind of gets in that like limbo folder where you have to like either accept or decline the message. Exactly. Yeah. The message was from a person named Lucy. So hi, Lucy. Hey. And basically they bartend at Weiss Distilling Company in Clawson and they are doing a month-long Halloween pop-up, and the menu has some cocktails on it that were named from some of the stories we've done. That's pretty cool. Which is really cool. So if you go to the Weiss Distilling Company in Clawson, Michigan, you should definitely check out the Snake Goddess, Woodmere, the Witch of Del Rey, and also I took a look at their menu. There's also one called Hoodoo Voodoo. I love that. Mm-hmm. So you should also follow them on Instagram. They have beautiful photos of all these things. And then Lucy was also nice enough because I was like, I want to know what's in everything to send a copy of the menu over. So should we see what's in some of these? Sure. So the Woodmere is gin, orange liqueur, orgot, and simple ass, nope, simple simple syrup and citric acid. Which sounds delicious to me because I love a gin drink. Yeah. Especially when it's got simple ass in it. We love some simple ass. Yeah. I like refined ass too, though. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. And then the snake goddess, which is apparently for two people. Okay. And I'll be the judge of that. (laughs) And that is gin. Something I can't read because it's a little blurry. No, citric acid. Okay. And cinnamon. Oh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And everything looks really delicious and yeah. amazing. So if you're around the Clawson area or you have some time, go drive over to Clawson, check out Weiss, and yeah. get a Detroit Strange cocktail. Yeah. Because that's super fun. Yeah. Uh, and also thank you to Lucy for messaging us to let us know about that because that's, that's rad. cool. Yeah. Yeah. We are just sipping on a red blend today. Yes. Nice little cozy fall. I feel like red wine really, when it gets colder, that's what you want. Oh, for sure. I don't know why that is. Maybe because you drink white wine chilled usually. I mean, you should. Uh, It doesn't mean you always rise to that occasion, we'll say. But I think there's, there's a coziness factor to a red. Yeah. Gets real cozy with your teeth. I've been noticing lately. It does, yeah. In my own mouth. I was gonna say that's like a, a genetic thing mm-hmm. that some people are predispositioned to experience and some are not. Yeah. To me, my my teeth are very glidy. I don't know. They're very strange. It's like one of the only positive genetic traits that I have. So I'm gonna lean into it. Roll with it, yeah. Yeah. 
I don't think mine are terrible, but like just every once in a while, especially if I've been drinking a lot of coffee or red wine, I'm like, look at them brown chicklets in that mouth. <laughs> Gotta get some toothpaste on them right now. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then I brush too hard and my gums disappear, and that's not great. I don't love that. For oh me. yeah, you gotta be careful with them gums. You gotta I take care of them been. gums. I know, but you gotta be careful with them gums. I know. It's. I'm hoping it's not a lost cause, but it kind of feels like a lost cause. No, never. Don't say that. I mean, it's not. I think it's basically just like, can I slow it down? I don't think they'll actually like grow back, which is unfortunate. I mean, I'm not a dentist, or this is not a dental. Podcast. No, it is not. Um, I know gum health is very important. Yeah. Uh, you're supposed to floss daily or twice a day, rather. Really? I yeah. thought it was just daily. Mm-mm. Twice a day? It is That's recommended twice a day. Yeah. Okay. I'm, well, I'm definitely not doing that. No, I'm. I'm good if I get once a day. I go through phases. I'm pretty okay with the once a day, but twice. Twice no. is too much. And then honestly, like mouthwash and stuff, I think is supposed to help. I do a lot of mouthwash. Okay. Oh, good. Do a lot of mouthwash. That's your 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 mouth drug of cho- no. That's yeah. not what I'm trying to say. <laughs> My gargle of choice. Yeah. I get the, the purple Listerine, or it's the CVS purple oh, Listerine. Adjacent. You have a brand. Yeah, and it's not name brand. Okay. I mean, I never buy. I got that CVS Care Pass. I'm yeah. getting that ten dollars off a month. Mine is just wherever I'm at when I need it. It's I hear brand. That. It's Off only CVS is because I live across the street. That from makes CVS. total sense. Yes. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brand loyal, not by choice. Uh, I love it. Yeah, I do. Should we just get down into a story now? Sure. Are you feeling it? Because it it started as a short one. But now, real quick before we start, yeah, I finished a bag of candy corn, or more specifically, autumn mix before a bag of Reese's pumpkins, and that's wrong today. No, just oh. in general. <laughs> I'm sitting here. Thinking I got a one bag day. of I got a bag of autumn mix candy corn and a uh-huh. bag of Reese's pumpkins at the same time. Do you like the autumn mix better than a regular bag of candy corn? Yes. Interesting. Do you like the pumpkins? I like the pumpkins. I like the brown tipped candy corn. Oh, I do like those. Yeah. Yeah. I like candy corn with pretzels. Oh, I can get into that. Yeah. Yeah. I went to an event once and they had little dishes of candy corns and pretzels and life changing. Some people put peanuts into that mix too, but I'm not. Oh, yeah. I thought that point would be like a kind of person. Yeah. 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 But it's a delight that even if you don't love candy corn, might be worth trying. And the thing was, like, I think I was trying to ration the Reese's eggs or Reese's pumpkins, whatever the holiday is right now. Oh, um, I had some Reese's pumpkins recently, too. So I understand yeah. that. And like with the candy corn, I was just like, I just need something sweet right now. And so I'd eat more of it mm-hmm. because I'm just like, this is garbage, but it's sweet. I want to save the good stuff. I haven't but it had just any felt candy wrong. corn yet this year. I've had a whole bag by myself. <laughs> I think I'm good. Maybe we should get some. I'm going to well, shit a candle any day now. <laughs> I was going to say, we should get some pretzels and candy corn before the end of the month. Or like November 1st when it's, when it's like cheap. dirt cheap. Yeah. I'm into that too. Yeah. And it's like 25 cents. I love a sale cents. candy. Love a sale candy. <laughs> Who doesn't? Right. It's the best. Yeah. Well, yeah. now we can get into a story. I just needed to share my candy corn. A candy corn. Candy corn. Candy corn. A candy corn story. I love a good candy corn share time. Yeah. <laughs> I just was looking at this peasant thought of it. Oh, yeah, that's for you. 
I figure yeah, it's cute. That's I love a, a gift. Good Pez. Yeah, little Thank ghosty you. on the Pez. On yeah, the Pez. spooky, spooky. Yeah. So, like I said, today's story is going to take us kind of in two different directions. It is still spooky season, mm-hmm. and I realize one area we haven't covered. Well, two areas we haven't covered are legends and cryptids. Okay. So I'm not sure I know what a cryptid is. I kind of thought of that. Okay. We're going to go first though with a legend. Okay, legend. Legend. Have you ever heard of Dog Lady Island? No. Okay. So we're going to go on a little bit of a half day trip, we're going to say. Okay. And we're traveling about an hour south of the city of Detroit to an island just off of the Michigan coast around the Monroe area. Okay. So this is just north of the Ohio border, sitting in Lake Erie. Okay. There is a small short bridge that connects the island to the mainland. Okay. This island is known as Dog Lady Island. Love it. If you were to go there, yeah, you would see mostly just a small eight-acre overgrown island with a small bridge to get to it. Mm-hmm. Once you cross, there is now one paved lot mm-hmm. and the remains of some structures possibly. But if you start to explore, you may find things like some abandoned vehicles. And a few decades ago, you would have actually been able to find the remains of what was once a small mansion on the island. Interesting. Okay. If you were to go to Google Maps, let's say, and just look at Google Maps, where it is pinpointed is actually water. They don't even show any land. But if you go to that good old satellite view, you can see everything I just kind of said. Love a good satellite view. Yes. Makes me feel like I am... A detective or something. Yeah. But let's go back a little bit more now. Okay. So according to the Monroe Historical Museum's records, the earliest name for the island was Fox Island. It was first purchased sometime in the 1800s, and it was turned into a religious retreat space for young women. Oh, no. But that didn't pan out. Probably for the best. Yeah. Didn't last super long. In the the late 1800s, Causler, K-A-U-S-L-E-R. Sure. Family purchased the land, renaming it Costler Island. Okay. They stretched real far for that name. Yeah. They moved into a home on the island, and in 1905, they gave birth to a son who spent his childhood kind of running up along the marshy shores of it. But eventually, between 1905 and the 1930s, the family moved to a more permanent location in the city of Monroe. Okay. Some history states that they hired a local to periodically check on the island, but it kind of just sat there for a long time. I feel like living on a private island always sounds so glamorous, but then like the reality of it is never what people want. Oh, 1000%. I like the idea of it, but I feel like, oh, I forgot some of the story. I have to cross the water now. Yeah. Because if there isn't a bridge, you have to like what row across it? Yeah. It's too much. Exactly. I love visiting an island. Same. So... The island would go through a number of sales over the next few decades. Mm-hmm. One owner started a pig farm, didn't take. Another turned it into a garbage dump, didn't take. The turnover rate was really high, and I don't have all the owners, but there were yeah. more than just those. Then a couple bought the land and built commune-style housing. Okay. They were hoping to bring many others to live on the little island as a little island community. Yeah. But the Sasso didn't take off, leaving the couple alone on the island. They were the last survivors. Well, it's funny you say that because in 1961, 
the mansion that the couple was living in, because by this point, I think as part of the commune style, communal style of living, they had built like a mansion. Yeah. I don't know how many buildings there were in this. Cause I couldn't find that information anywhere, but at least there was one large yeah. thing. So the mansion they were living in had a gas leak and it burned down. Oh no. Unfortunate. Yeah. Not long after that, the husband passed away, leaving the wife alone. Mm, okay. So some bits of information indicate that after this, it was just her and basically any kind of like wildlife on the island. Some indicate it was her and a wild pack of dogs. Love that. Some stories also indicate that it was her and a pack of Doberman pinchers that the couple had owned or that she got after her husband died as like a means of protection. Mm -hmm. Through the 60s, everybody thought the island was abandoned, though. Mm -hmm. Kind of like went out of memory. Yeah. Even though this, this was 61. So kind of went from everybody's memory very quickly. Yeah. No one knew exactly what had happened to the woman, though, from the commune. It became a local party spot where, who else? Teens would gather to get away from adults and teen it up. Youths. Youths. <laughs> but then soon some of the teens began to report some strange happenings. They would go and they would like sit around a campfire, you know, drinking, smoking, laughing, all the, the teen things, the youth things. Yeah. But some started to notice some strange things in the trees around them. Oh, no. There were reports that some of them would see a set of glowing eyes peering that at them. That was me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> peering at them from a distance, sometimes coming closer. And they caught an even stranger sight occasionally, the full form of a woman in the shadows. She was described as looking wild and ancient, wearing tattered clothing, always surrounded by a pack of wild, snarling dogs. She became known as the Dog Lady. And the island's name was soon changed to Dog Lady Island. I don't know when that officially happened, but like I said, it's that on Google Maps now. Love it. So the legend continued and more people began to have quote-unquote sightings. Eventually, tales would speak of her walking on all fours and she was seen to tear the flesh off of dead animal carcasses alongside her dogs. Work. She was like Lady Gaga in my Roanoke nightmare. Precisely. So some stated they heard her growl and she would pounce on them as if they were a piece of meat. Interesting. Okay. And then there was also the tale of how she lost her tongue. Oh, no. There are two versions to the story. The first telling a story of her basically in a battle over a piece of meat. One source said raccoon specifically, which I'm really dying to know how they know that. Yeah. And it was between her and one of the dogs and she lost. Love that. Another one indicates that she lost it from chomping her lips and growling at visitors so much that she lost her tongue. Dang. There was also a rumor that her vision had been comprom compromised in similar ways. Okay. So the tale would grow to speak of her growing fangs. Some spoke of seeing her run around before leaping onto the roofs of their parked cars and scratching at the windows with claws while drool flew from her snarled lips. I love this for her. <laughs> she's living her best life. Right. She's like, my man's gone. I want to be a dog. Woof, woof. Let's go. <laughs> Respect. So remember how I said she was left there with kind of the remains of a mansion? Yeah. And there, there might have been other buildings. One of the things left on the property, though, was a working telephone. Okay. At some point... The number to this phone was supposedly discovered. Okay. It was said that those who called 
would Was it receive... 8675309? Exactly. Okay. 555. Yes. Tommy Two-Tone called her up. Exactly. And it was said that people who would call this number would receive a garbled hello on the other end. Okay. As if it was someone who didn't have a tongue. Perhaps. And possibly vision problems. <laughs> However, historians have looked into this. The number probably did exist and people did probably actually try to call it. But if you really think about it, this is an elderly woman who's been living alone on an island forever and would probably at some point possibly have some speech problems. Yeah. I'm not saying that happens to everybody, but that can happen. Nobody's safe from phone calls. No. Oh, gosh. Especially the spam calls. I can't. I get so many all the time. It is infuriating. I, like, knock on wood, haven't gotten one in a minute because my phone just screens them for me. There's an option on my phone that if I don't know the phone number, it will screen every call. I feel like that's a little too extreme. But if it's, like, suspected spam, it'll scan it. I want that because I get so, I just ignore calls all day. Yeah. But the, she didn't. She didn't. <laughs> she she was like, all the calls. I'm going to pick up these calls. They might have some coupons or something. So an archivist. Archivist? Archivist. Archivist. Sure. Yeah. Archivist? I, yep. I think either's fine. Okay. I like just, you know, archivist yep. because it just kind of smushes it as much as possible. Yeah. Archivist. Sure. At the Monroe Historical Society mm -hmm. cites that while the legend of a woman going feral has no historical evidence, as can be expected, other than like urban legend yeah. being passed down, there are actually some truths to the story and one rumor in particular that we haven't discussed yet. Okay. So many rumors swirled around about how she passed, or in some cases didn't. Uh-huh. In the 1970s, there was a story of a motorcycle gang named the Iron Coffins visiting the island who would eventually leave her in a coffin herself. Made of iron or just like? A regular, okay. you know, so run of the Okay, so iron mill. coffin would be like excessive. Yeah, That'd I think that much. was just their name. I don't yeah. think that they specialized only in iron coffins. Yeah. I think it just sounded more badass. I mean, it does. Yeah. I mean, good for them. Yeah, that'd be a heavy coffin, though. Yeah. So some of the legends talk about her sleeping in a coffin that they had brought her. And dirt from her homeland? That's a vampire thing. I is just it? learned that. Yeah. Well, there is some evidence to back up that this may have actually been the case. Okay. But... There's other versions that indicate while she died by the hands of the gang and they left her in the coffin. Or there's another legend, and this one has no merit, you know, no historical merit whatsoever, where teens were caught and tortured by the motorcycle gang. Oh, no. The, the poor youths. Yes. So there is still story that Dog Lady still haunts the island to this day. If you listen very carefully, you can hear cries in the air. Many have claimed to see her watchful presence on Dunbar Road near the island's causeway. So passing by. Because mm -hmm. uh, it's actually kind of tightly in this nook. There's all this land that kind of almost surrounds it, mm -hmm. even though it's an island. And some hear an eerie howling coming from the direction of the island. That's spooky. So we're just going to follow up a little bit more, though, with the land itself. Okay. It didn't just continue to sit. Okay. In the late 90s, this is one of my favorite parts. A development group purchased the island and attempted to change its name, hoping to call it Utopia. Girl, no. What were they planning to do there, you think? I don't know. Build a water park? I'll just let you know. 
Okay. I was going to say not quite that bad, but also it is. Okay. So their vision was to create an official party facility for concerts and things. Ew. (laughs) Eventually, they proposed another terrible name. Crocus Party Island. Ew. I'm just imagining a year-round, like, Johnny Nooner kind of environment. Ah, nope. Exactly. Couldn't possibly. It I was thinking like a croque madame. Oh, those are delicious, though. Right. If they did a croque madame oh. island, I'd be all over it. But I it, love. Like, and I'm not even a ham person. And Me neither, unless it's, like, something where ham just needs to be there. I only like ham and French things, I think. I don't Come know on. why. So this didn't work, though. Yeah. Uh, they did open for a hot second, and they managed to hold a few concerts. But the mainland neighbors, as mentioned, were very close and were not so happy about all the noise. Eventually, the city denied the necessary zoning permits, and the project died. Oh, Utopia was short-lived. I know. And Crocus Party Island. Yeah, Crocus Utopia Party Island Incorporated Part 2, the sequel, boom, bitch. Exactly. (laughs) The full title. Exactly. So it's that for a bit. I don't know how many times it's changed since then. It is now privately owned. Update, though, as of six months ago, at least, and I think for a while now, it is mostly used for fishing and camping. Okay. So it's not like a traditional campsite because it is privately owned. I think you have to contact the owner to set it up. Yeah. There's no website or anything like that that I could find. They do offer seasonal memberships. Fun. Backcountry camping. And there's apparently some electrical hookups if you want to get real fancy and pay some extra money. Okay. Uh, it's available to anybody, but some Google reviews indicate that it's very heavily watched by the owner. Ew. Uh, there's, I think there may also be a daily entry where you can go on the island just for the day for six to $10 an adult. That's not terrible. Yeah. So we did our kind of urban legend. Yeah. This next one is an urban legend slash cryptid, which may not be an urban legend. I'm not going to tell you the name of the story. We're just going to start it with a Reddit post. Okay. From two years ago, so not that long, from user Just a Nerd's Throw. There's underscores instead. Yeah, yeah. So I live in a pretty rural area in Michigan, close to the lake, and I'm currently living alone. Both my parents are currently in Canada, taking care of my great uncle, who is in his late 80s. And they have been gone for a month or so and probably won't be back until late December. I'm 19, so more than old enough to be alone. But some really odd things have been happening in the last two weeks. Not that much more than old enough. (laughs) Some really odd things have been happening in the last two weeks. So it started back in September when my 15-year-old cat, Ginger Snap, went missing. At first, I figured she'd passed away since she was very old and had a few health problems already. And a few days later, I found her body completely torn to shreds on my back porch. Yikes. Gross. That's so sad. I know. I mean, she was severely mutilated to the point where I threw up while sobbing hysterically. Yeah. I, that's exactly what you should do in that situation. That's awful. Yeah. I came to the conclusion that it must have been a bird of prey since we have so many big owls and hawks where I live. A few days passed and on October 4th, something odd also happened. I was watching TV around 11 p.m. and I kept hearing a really fast knocking sound. It would come in sets of five and then stop for a second, then restart. I ended up going outside to investigate, and I couldn't see anyone, but there was a really fucking horrible smell. Then what happened last night? So I'd waken up at like 3 a.m., which happens sometimes if I had a really messed up dream. So I walked down the hall to get a drink and probably watch TV. 
I got to the fridge, which is right next to the back porch. I heard someone walking around. I froze up and stayed completely still, looking over the door and saw a huge shadow. It was kind of crouched on its hands. I don't really think it saw me, but it looked human. It didn't move for like three whole minutes before the shadow moved in the blink of an eye, and it was just gone. I ran back to my room and called the cops. When they got there, they couldn't find anything, but told me there was no one. It was a person since our back porch is suspended about 15 feet in the air, and there was no ladder. I am super freaked out, especially since I am completely alone up here. I don't know much about the supernatural outside of the standard werewolves and vampires, so any tips would be deeply appreciated. Spooky. Mm-hmm. There are many responses in this thread. Uh-huh. So some ask if there's any property damage to the porch, scratches, claw marks, and suggest spreading flour to catch any tracks. The user replies that the porch is very heavily scratched, but also states that they are thinking about installing some trail cams. And they go on later in the thread to mention that there was about 10 scratch marks in total. Okay. They also draw them out, which is interesting. Okay. And they're very interesting shapes. Yeah. But the real record scratch moment in the comment section was from user neither994. Quote, I am not American, but it sounds like Dogman. I've heard that it whines and taps on windows. It started as a joke or a song on the radio. Then people started saying it was real. What is real, though, is that you need protection in there until you can calm down. Or else your anxiety will just grow and make it worse. Be safe. Spooky. Mm-hmm. So see what I did there, dog lady? Dog lady, dog man. Yeah, yeah. It's a tale of two dogs. Tale of two dogs. And Michigan's not necessarily the only place to have dog man, but this is kind of where most of the stories come from. He's the homegrown dog man. Yes. I think you mentioned earlier the cryptid might be a newer phrase or a less heard phrase. Yeah. And that's basically any kind of animal that is not a registered animal Sometimes with some sort of supernatural abilities, you're thinking like your Bigfoot, your Nessie, yeah, uh, abominable snowman, sure, uh, New Jersey Devil, okay, Mothman, yes, Mothman, not a Marvel, just a Mothman, correct, correct, okay, uh, sometimes so far, sometimes Marvel takes cryptids though and turns them into things. <laughs> I mean, we've got Ant Man, so Mothman's not what that big of a stretch, Ant-Man. just because it's Paul Rudd. If yeah. it wasn't Paul Rudd, would you be any interested in that movie? Well, in the Jessica Jones comic books, which are the only ones I've ever read, she does date him. Okay. Which is interesting. I just love Jessica Jones. But anyway. Non-biased opinion. <laughs> so Dogman, as described by Michigan.com, is, quote, A tall dog-like creature with piercing eyes and a screaming howl. Neither werewolf nor Bigfoot. Instead, you'll find Dogman roaming the northern woods of the Lower Peninsula. Okay. Dun dun dun. I'm picturing like late nine or late eighties Timothy Dalton. Fair. <laughs> we're gonna go back in time before the late eighties even. And we're gonna go to the late sixteen hundreds, early seventeen hundreds. Okay. This is when French explorers described a creature that they refer to as Luc Garou. Does that sound familiar? I think the first part's wolf, isn't it? Yes. It's it's a werewolf, basically. Okay. We talked about this in an episode a long time ago, and it was just basically the Detroit werewolf. Okay. And 
There were stories exchanged between French soldiers and French Canadian fur traders during winters at Fort Michilimackinac. Okay. So it kind of became, you know, a story of the Michigan werewolf, basically. Some people relate Dogman to having those roots for obvious reasons. Yeah. Others have related the idea of Dogman to stories of a creature called the Beast of Bray Road. Okay. Which is a similarly described creature in a specific area of Wisconsin. Okay. Has a lot of traction in the uh, cryptid world. Yeah. Or to Wendigos, which comes from folklore of the Plains and Great Lakes North native populations. I heard of her. Mm-hmm. She was in the video game I played. Early? Yeah, the Wendigos. Okay. Yeah. Which is, again, another similar type werewolf-esque kind of yeah. thing. Not always with like the turning at the full moon necessarily, but structurally. Right. Uh, some relate the dog man to that of, and I'm going to call them ass walkers. I am not going to say the word out loud. You're not supposed to say the word out loud, particularly if you are not of certain cultures. It is not necessarily appropriate. And there is some lore about, they're called S-K-I-N walkers. Oh, never heard of them. I thought you said ass walkers for a minute. I was like, S hyphen walkers. Okay. Um, there's a lot of you don't talk about them unless you we want We don't problem. talk about Bruno. No, exactly. no. I still haven't seen that movie, but I like that song. Oh, it's a great song and a great movie. I love that. Encanto. Beautiful. I just like the Megan Thee Stallion verse that happened at the, I think, Oscars. I don't know about her. I mean, I know who she is. I don't know that song. They performed it at the Oscars and Megan Thee Stallion had like a little verse in that. Oh, I want to. Okay, I'm going to look it's that great. up. It's great. I love her. She's great in SNL too. I haven't seen it yet. It's pretty good. I want to. I yeah. plan to. But back to what shall not be named. Yes. And there's a lot of lore and things here. I'm just a better safe than sorry kind of gal sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. S walkers are derive originally from Navajo culture. Okay. But they've been mentioned in other places, the Appalachia kind of area. There's sure. like a lot of talk of like, don't go in the woods at night, and especially if you're not from the area. And this is kind of a, a vibe with that, too. We got the same morning at Ghost Ranch. They're like, the night's the time for the spirits, where the spirits can walk the world. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to be on, you don't be out there with them. Well, that's way closer to the area that this is derived from because it's the Navajo culture. So yeah. it would have been like more the Southwest. And I don't know exactly what the native populations of Ghost Ranch specifically are, but yeah. Navajo is one of the larger nations. So because mm-hmm. there were, I believe, five major Native American nations. That sounds about right. Yeah. I know there was Sioux, Navajo, I think Cherokee. I would have to look Yeah. at the others. But yeah, this particular thing is thought to be a creature with negative energy, basically a witch who can shapeshift from their human form into animals using magic. Fun. They don't necessarily want the best for people. Okay. So they kind of mess around with people. The lore around the creatures is tightly guarded, though, by the Navajo culture. It's like a mean and a magus. Mm-hmm. But so, of course, it's also been manipulated outside of the culture. Yeah. For centuries. Mm-hmm. It should be remembered that these are cultural beliefs and traditions and not something that should be messed with or appropriated, but rather respected. Mm-hmm. And I just. Yeah. We need to say that, yeah. you know, just a reminder to ourselves even. Uh, so I don't want to go too far into it, but there are comparisons between this particular cryptid of Dogman and that um, bit of lore, mm-hmm. we'll say. So that being said, there's many creatures throughout history that have stories 
or similar kind of folklore surrounding them, especially about this idea of wolves and man. This one's a little different, though, because we're going very specific with dog instead of wolf. So our dog man, Michigan dog man, has been reported being at least seven feet tall. Okay. With blue or amber eyes. Okay. Sometimes walking bipedally. Okay. And sometimes on all fours. Okay. Which is that quad quadpedally? Sure. I don't know how you would say that. And they have the torso of a man and a terrifying howl that is more reminiscent to a human scream. Okay. Which that's awful. Yeah. That is more terrifying to me. Yeah. Legend says that the dog man returns in 10 year cycles with years that have a seven at the end. Okay. So we're not due right now. We got another, you know, five years years or so. Yeah. The legend was first recorded back in 1887. Okay. When in Wexford County, Michigan by Cadillac, Mm -hmm. two lumberjacks were outside lumberjacking. Literally what I wrote. Lumberjacking, bro. Sure. If you're looking for that Halloween costume and you've you've got a friend, go as lumberjacking bros. Yeah. That's a specific part of Pornhub. Oh, I'm sure. I was going to yeah. say, that's a very spicy costume, though. Beware. Yeah. So they both spotted a creature with a man's body and a dog's head. Okay. This is where it started. Sounds as, hot. I'm just kidding. As stories spread, it came to light that there was at least a verbal history of a similar creature being spotted around the Manistee River area. Since the days even before European settlers were in the area when the Ottawa tribe lived there. Mm-hmm. So 50 years later, there's not a whole lot I could yeah. find in that 50 years. But 50 years later, 1937, mm-hmm. in Paris, Michigan, Robert Fortney was attacked by five dogs, but one was walking bipedally. Oh, no. We're going to go a little more forward. Some reports came in from Allegan County in the 1950s and Manistee and Cross Village in 1967 of very similar things. Pack of dogs, one bipedal. Yeah. Weird. Now we're going to go to 1987. This okay. is where it gets very fun. The legend gained a little traction, but it wasn't like everybody knew about it or anything like that. I mean, today not everybody knows about it. Just people into the paranormal yeah. and things might, but... In 1987, a disc jockey named Steve Cook wrote a song about Dogman and recorded it with his keyboard. Okay. He played the song on WTCM FM out of Traverse City on April Fool's Day as a joke. Uh huh. Weird thing is, and I guess the real joke is though, he had never heard of Dogman. He made up the thing that he sings about, and I believe he actually calls Dogman in it, based on other folklore sightings of similar creatures. Uh-huh. Again, we're going back to our friend Bigfoot, New Jersey Devil, Chupacabra. Like, yeah. he just used what he's heard. Yeah. But he wanted to personalize it to Michigan. After he played the song, the station began to receive calls from listeners about their own personal experiences with Dogman. Oh, no. In the next few weeks, the song became the most requested at the station. He even began to sell cassettes for $4. With the proceeds going to a nearby animal shelter, which is pretty cool. It is, yeah. Since then, he has received more than 100 reports of Dogman's existence. Weird. One of the best accounts he ever heard was actually one of the first stories he ever heard. Mm -hmm. Someone called into the station, and the caller was in his mid to late 70s, and told a story of an encounter. He had at age 17, so over 50 years prior, Mm -hmm. in the 1930s. On this day, notice wild dogs come out of the woods. They began to circle him and came closer and closer. He had a 22 caliber rifle that he used for hunting 
and he fired a shot at one of them. He said one of the creatures rose to its hind legs and began to stare at him, or in his words, quote, I may have been imagining at things, but I was aware that dog was smiling at me. Yeah, okay. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want so that. It probably wasn't like a nice smile. No, I think it was like an evil. Yeah. Like what a, do you like think a you're a doing? Sneer or a grimace. I'll see your gun and I'll raise you a creepy smile. Right. Oh, that's cute. You got a gun? You got yeah. these teeth. I do believe the dogs eventually retreated. The story didn't say that, but he's alive. Yeah. And he went on to state that for 50 years, he didn't tell anybody because uh-huh. it was just so weird. Yeah. But after hearing the song, things clicked into place. Yeah. In 1997, Cook added another verse to the song after another report of canine-like animals were said to break into a cabin near Luther, Michigan. Mm-hmm. And in 2007, he added a mandolin to the backtrack. Okay. And I'm not sure there's actually another updated version. I'm not sure if Steve did it or anything like that. And I couldn't find the exact year, but it might have been in 2017 where somebody kind of oomphed it up a bit. But yeah. should we listen to some of it? Sure. Just got to rewind the cassette real minute, real quick. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Does anybody have a pencil? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. <laughs> you have a taste of those well and there's four different versions if you think about because there's the original there's the one with an extra verse added a decade later uh, another decade later he added the mandolin the last one was his but somebody else yeah oomphed it a little skrillex was like let me take a sample at this let me take a swipe mm-hmm. but they can all be found on youtube and also shazam yeah it is on spotify so i just looked it I is on like, spotify I, I feel like i'm gonna listen to this a few times it is kind of fun i want the whole song is five and a half minutes, so we're not going to play it here. Maybe we'll put it at the end. Yeah. If anybody wants to hear it. Which version should we put? Mandolin or? Oh, that's a tough call. Be surprised. Yeah. We'll find one. Back to the dog man, though. Okay. There are actually recent sightings. Recent as in 2017? 
Yes. Okay. So See, I catch on. Easy to go down a rabbit hole. And then in my notes, I put, or a wolf den. Yes. On this one, because there's a lot, a lot of this is Reddit based. Okay. This is not Reddit based, though. This is actually from YouTube channel, What Lurks Beneath, and in an interview with a man named Joe Barger, age 59. Okay. He was featured recently. And when I say recently, I mean a couple months ago. Uh huh. Telling his story on this channel in September of this year. So his story takes us back five years, as you guessed, to 2017. Yes. He was driving a truck one night, bringing lumber from a mill through the main road in Manistee National Forest. Mm -hmm. So the right area. He had never heard of Dogman. This is not his thing. Yeah. While driving, he noticed he was losing air. So rather than having something go wrong and having to wait for, you know, rescue or anything like that, he pulled over to inspect. He had some tools in his car and, you know, knew what he was doing. So this happened in June between about 7 and 8 p.m. This mm. should be noted because it's still pretty bright outside yeah. around that time. He inspected the truck and found a leak in the back brake chamber on the trailer he was hauling. The line had been either partially cut or kind of broken. Mm. He said cut, but he didn't dive into that more. Yeah. He started to fix it, but while underneath the trailer, he got a weird feeling and heard slightly weird noises around him. Mm. But he kind of didn't think too much of it, but couldn't shake the feeling either. Yeah. So he started, he got up, he started to look around and he saw some shadows in the tree lines about 30 yards away, but the setting light of the day was kind of blotting them out at the same time. Mm -hmm. So he finished what he needed to do. And he also remembered that it is bear territory there. Mm -hmm. So he quickly got back into the vehicle. Things still felt very weird though. So he started to drive down the road and he started to go, there was a decent sized hill. He yeah. started to go up. He doesn't remember seeing any other cars. He admits one may have passed, but it was a pretty desolate road for all intents and purposes. Mm -hmm. He was at the bottom of the hill, started to incline. Once he reached the top, he looked over to the passenger side window mirror area. Mm -hmm. And out of the corner of his eye, he noticed that it was darker than it should be. Once his eyes focused, he saw what appeared to be a giant wolf's head in the window running alongside the vehicle. Oh, no. It should be noted that the window was also partially down. Was the dog hanging his head in the window? It, well, it was looking down on him. Okay. Because he estimates the creature had to be at least 10 feet tall as he was sitting at about nine feet tall because yeah. the truck, like I said, peering down at him through the window, running alongside his vehicle. No, thanks. I'm not sure if it like jumped on at any point or anything, but it was very close to the window. Yeah. The head was the size of a grizzly bear's, at okay. least he said, but it did not have a bear-like face. He saw human-like black hands the size of the steering wheel. Damn. Yep. And that's it, huge, too, at a truck steering wheel. Yeah. Those are huge. And claws at least three inches with the thickness of a cigar. Okay. Canine teeth as thick as a thumb at one end and extending about 3.5 inches. That's long tooth. Uh -huh. That's long on the tooth. Yeah. Yellow eyes. Feet of a wolf, but longer. Okay. And biceps like bowling balls. Ooh. <laughs> My kind of man. Yeah, is he single? <laughs> Except for not really. I'm not a bite. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. So the creature scratched at the windowsill and he could hear the claws against the car, mm -hmm. the truck. Time's kind of slowed down as it does in terrifying situations. And the next 10 seconds would feel like 10 minutes. So he kind of was taking it all in. This is where his description comes from. Yeah. He kept moving, but he locked eyes with the creature and he knew it was communicating in his words, 
quote, Telling me I'm here to get you and there's nothing you can do about it. Oh, no. He thought of rolling up the window, but instead he reached for a gun that he kept on his person. So he shot twice. And on the second, the creature went down. He knew he'd shot it in the brain, for lack of a better. Oh, I know. Well, that's rude. I know. Like, I know it's after you, but just like shooting the foot or something. Well, the foot was outside, though. It's true. Shoulder. Yeah. Shoulder. So in his mirror, he could see the body flopping around in the weeds on the side of the road. And he knew the creature had to be at least a thousand pounds at this point. Uh-huh. The size of a large horse or larger. Okay. And he stopped the vehicle. Yeah. And about five minutes passed because he was like looking and then like not looking and kind of like, what do I do? What do I do? Mm. When he looked back and he noticed that the creature that was once limping in the weeds was gone. Oh, no. But what was even stranger is that in the meantime, a Jeep had parked there. So it turned into a Jeep? Yes. Well, he went to talk to the people in the Jeep. It was a couple. The Jeeple. The Jeeple. That doesn't sound great. No. (laughs) I don't like that. The couple had apparently pulled over because they thought they saw two bears fighting in the woods. Oh, shit. Which, here's the thing. If you see two bears fighting in the woods, don't pull over and get out of your car. Get the Polaroid. I want to see them bears. Seriously. And I mean, 2017, like, no, just, just. Be safe. Be safe. Bears are cre- bears are scary. Pull out the iPhone X Max or whatever it was called <laughs> back in 2017. Take a picture of them bears fighting. Mm-hmm. I don't really sound like this. They're from Michigan, aren't they? I don't they? know. Yeah. They don't at all. But maybe they're not. Maybe they're visiting from they're south. They're visiting from the yeah. south. But they did not go more into what they saw other than a couple of bears fighting in the woods. And he also decided not to go too far into what had just happened because you don't want to like freak a stranger out. And he doesn't know them. And right. I totally get that decision. After a few minutes, they all wished each other well and said goodbye. Have a great day. Get back in my Jeep. Uh-huh. But he also couldn't shake just a weird feeling. Yeah. So three months pass. This is when he was detained by state police and visited by two people that he believes were federal officers. When he was detained, both his phone and gun were confiscated, mm-hmm. which makes sense. And his phone was returned, but the gun remained with the federal officers. Mm -hmm. When he asked about it, they said, we'll let you know when you can have it back, if ever, basically. Yeah. And they also told him that he had killed one of their assets and told him that they were in charge of how things go now. Yikes. Mm -hmm. Again, grain of salt, whatever. And and this is not a, I don't believe it, but yeah. But interesting nonetheless. Yeah. Right. So that is that is his story. Yeah. I have one more firsthand encounter story. Okay. For you. And we're going to go back to Reddit for this one. And this is from the subthread Rising Reads posted by user Leo of Alexandria about a year ago. Okay. So again, semi-recent. Yeah. As a kid, I would venture in the woods often, sometimes with my younger brothers, sometimes with friends, or sometimes just by myself. There's always an air of mystery when you go out in the middle of nowhere. The weirdest parts of the woods where I live are these abandoned little structures. Best I could come up with is that these house hunters or farmers. I never dared to go into these one-room, four-walled structures. They had serial killer vibes all over them. Mm -hmm. One night when I was out way too late was when I ran into the wolf man. The sun had started to dip far too low below the trees. You can become much too disoriented quickly when the natural light was fading. I usually didn't have a flashlight with me as I never stayed out past dark. And back then, we didn't have cell phones. Hearing howling was not uncommon at all. Most times it could be easily attributed to a pack of coyotes. 
They would hunt sick animals or younger deer that strayed from their herd. The howl I heard was not from a simple coyote. This was a deep, man-like scream that pierced my ears. When I regained my composure, I saw I was way too close to one of those freaky sheds in the woods. Slowly, I started to back away in the direction I hoped was my home. A loud crash came through the woods, frozen again like I was just months earlier laying on the trampoline. I saw a wide-eyed man fall out of the doorway. Even in the darkness, I could see the whites of his terrified eyes looking directly at me. He fell to the ground before locking his gaze onto me. He shakily reached his arms towards me. I did nothing. I couldn't move. Before I knew what was happening, a beast burst through the door after this poor soul. This thing was standing on two legs. It must have been over seven feet tall. It was covered in gray fur. Its eyes were as yellow as the corn we had on Thanksgiving dinner. Very specific. (laughs) Very specific. And then in a blink of an eye, it clamped its ivory fangs into the man, dragging him back into the shack. Even though it was just past dusk, I could see shiny dark blood erupt from his throat. Ooh. All I can remember thinking was, run. Naturally. Yeah, pretty good reaction. Better than, let's get out and take pictures. Uh-huh. In what I felt like hours, I finally exploded out from the woods with my house now in view. I fell to the ground, attempting to catch my breath. I cautiously looked back towards the trees. Two big yellow eyes glowed. I couldn't say for sure, but they looked like they were smiling. Keeping each other's glare for a moment, they slowly disappeared into the darkness. Finally making it home, my parents asked where I'd been. I just told them I was walking around the edge of the woods. It was all I could come up with at the time. It didn't matter. My dad went back to reading the farmer's almanac, and my mom continued to watch Wheel of Fortune or Jeopardy. Hour, hour. Ignorant to the fact I had just experienced the legend of Dogman, I went to my room. The next day, I stared out into the woods. I imagined the man-like beast tearing apart the poor man limb from limb. It's very graphic. Yeah. So the end of the story is basically this person has kind of this vision of it and it gets even worse. And they wake up in bed, drenched in sweat, taking the surroundings. They're relieved to be in their bedroom. Just kind of, oh, this is okay. We're good. We're good. And then my dad walked by my open door. You okay, buddy? You went right to bed as soon as you came home last night. I made some kind of just being tired excuse, knowing I would always keep this experience of meeting the Michigan dog man to myself until now. If you are in the woods of northern Michigan, please be aware there are more than deer, bear, wolves, and dogs out there. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, my gosh. And then just a last note, there was a film that came out, I don't know exactly when, but in semi-recent times, like the last decade, called The Gable Film. Okay. A lot of cryptids have like the first film or the film of evidence kind of a thing. Yeah. And this one was supposedly found in an attic somewhere. It's like a 10 millimeter kind of film. It jumps all over the place, like people on a snowmobile and they look like they're in the kind of seventies wear and things like yeah. that jumps all over the place. The last bit of it, somebody's filming from the seat of a truck, looking out the window and then you see something and okay. you see a creature, a dog man, like creature. People are like, Whoa. This is wild. If anybody looks this video up, it's towards the end of it. So person is in the front of a truck looking out. Horribly shaky, as is a lot of paranormal footage. We see a creature walking on all fours, coming towards the camera. And it, the camera seemingly runs. Good choice. Yeah. So the video is... Semi-interesting. It got a little bit of traction kind of in this world, I guess. But 
The Dogman was thick. Dogman was thick. That's I wasn't expecting it to be so thick. Yeah. But it also kind of makes me feel like it's a bear because it was like bear thick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the origins of this video were not known because, again, they were found in like an attic and an estate sale kind of they thing. Always like, are. who did this? Yeah. But it was later revealed that it was fabricated. And guess who was involved in this project? Eminem's brother. Eminem's brother and Steve Cook of the oh, song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was also kind of in that whole that whole world. Yeah. And that is a very abridged version of Dogman. If anybody wants to know more, is interested, there is a book by Linda Godfrey called The Michigan Dogman that goes more into it. There's also several books about Bigfoot and Dogman out there in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, there's also a YouTube channel called Dogman Encounters. Tons of episodes. And there, it's not just Michigan, but there's obviously some Michigan ones in there too. Yeah. But it's people's firsthand tellings of, of Dogman. Dog Man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then real quick, sources from both of these stories is an article from Central Michigan Life from October 30th of 2017 by Samantha Schreiber, legendtriptroughmonroe.weebly.com, ichblog, or ishblog, it's ichblog.ca, tales from afar, legend of dog lady, and absolutemichigan.com slash Michigan Weird Wednesday, the unabridged dog lady island legend. Of course, some YouTube and a dash of Wikipedia. Yeah. And that takes care of both Dog Lady and Dog Man. I hope they find each other. Oh my gosh, what a love story that would be. Right. Ugh. Dog Man, if you're listening, she's waiting for you on the island. Yeah, Dog you know where to find her. She has her own island, yeah. Google yeah. Maps can tell you. Yeah, exactly. There's a bridge and everything. Right. Well, that was an ooky spooky. Well, those are two ooky spooky stories for spooky season. So thank you for that. Yeah. Well, I've got a ooky spooky two truths and a lie for you. Yay. So my true truths and a lie is about the movie Halloween. Okay. Have you seen it? I actually don't know if I've seen the original. I know I saw one of the later ones. I don't know which one. Mm -hmm. I think I've seen like. I don't know. There's so many. I've seen a couple, but I don't know which ones. Okay. Well, this one's specifically about the original. Okay. Which I, you at least know the premise. Mm, yeah. Ish. The Jamie Lee Curtis is in it. Mike Myers is in it. Yeah. Not the actor Mike Myers, the killer Mike yes. Myers. Both actually. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Groovy baby. Yeah. <laughs> Austin. I would watch Austin Powers go on a murder spree movie like. That would be an interesting... Like a horror, uh, Austin Powers horror movie? Yeah, I, I would watch that. Yeah. Mike Myers, if you're listening. The actor, not the... Right. Fictional serial killer. Yeah. Carlos. So, fact number one. It took nearly two years to write the original script. Fact two. Despite being set in the Midwest, it was filmed in Pasadena. Fact three. The mask in the original was a stretched out, whitewashed Captain Kirk mask. I'm thinking. Okay. Let me I'm going to go with one again. being the lie. One is the lie. Yes. It only took two weeks. Oh, wow. They wrote that script in two weeks. That's pretty quick. Yeah. Okay. They had a vision. They went with it. They rolled with it. Yeah. So just for the other two facts, mm -hmm. they're both true. The Pasadena one, if you look closely, you can see palm trees in some of the shots. I think I've heard that. Yeah. Uh, and then also the other one's true. Uh, they apparently just got like two like 
couple buck latex masks mm-hmm. and one was weary the clown weary willie the clown yeah. and the other one was the captain kirk and then okay. captain kirk because like the stretched outness of it and the eerie blank stare just fit perfectly for the character i can kind of like i can see the mask in my head and that's why i was like that sounds like it could be it could be a different person i guess but that yeah. sounds like it could be true and also i feel like that's what you do when you're making a horror movie. You find yeah. something that already exists and you modify it in some right. way. Right. You're gonna reinvent the wheel, as RuPaul famously says yeah. all the time. Yeah. So just a few more fun facts. Yes. Many characters in the movie are named after friends and acquaintances. Oh, how sweet. <laughs> yeah. All of Jamie Lee Curtis's clothes were bought at JCPenney for a hundred dollars under a hundred dollars. Oh, so I her love whole it. wardrobe, JCPenney. I love a budget same movie that does a franchise after, you know what I mean? Like there's right. something. Yeah. Uh, and then John Carpenter finished the score in three days. I'm not surprised. He is an interesting person. I went to a John Car- Carpenter. Bleh, let me talk. I went to a John Carpenter concert once uh-huh. at the um, Majestic. Okay. It was really cool. Cause he had like an orchestra and he was like conducting them. And then behind they showed like the scenes that it was coming from kind of. Yeah. Cause he did the score for tons of movies. Yeah. yeah obviously a lot of Halloween movies, but like Carrie, I think, and you know, just yeah. all over the place. And it was a really unique concert, but really rad. I, I bet. Went because somebody else wanted to go, but I was so happy to experience it. I recently watched this is related, I promise. Yeah. I'm <laughs> I'm uh, excited. The Sound of Bond documentary. <laughs> Sorry. Of course, yeah. I've had scores on my mind a lot. It kind of blows my mind that he was able to write a score in three minutes. And it also makes me wonder if he didn't do the Bond movies because there's 25 of them. There's a good chance. Possibly. I, I mean, know. I know like... I know John Barry did a lot of them. The horror genre was kind of his bread and butter, but it doesn't mean there's not more. Yeah, I mean... It's okay. Bond, he... They they like to travel into a bunch of different genres like Moonraker, sci-fi Bond. I'm trying to think if there's any horror Bonds. There's definitely some that have horror aspects, but I don't think there's like one that's like the horror Bond. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm on Wikipedia right now just to kind of see. Dark Star, Assault on Precinct 13, Halloween, The Fog, Escape from New York, The Thing, Christine, Starman, Big Trouble in Little China. Prince of Darkness, They Live, Memoirs of an Invisible Man, In the Mouth of Madness, Village of the Damned, I've seen her, Escape from L.A., Vampires, Ghosts of Mars, The Ward. Nope. <laughs> yeah, again, I think he kind of sticks with the, the horror genre, but he does no, it so well, sure. so. Yeah. Great. Fantastic, but. But yeah, I just I have a newfound appreciation for scores because of the Bond doc, the best sound of Bond documentary, because that really does set the feel for a mm-hmm. moment. I don't know. Oh, like Jack Black's character in the movie The Holiday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I think that wraps us like a Reese's pumpkin. Oh, I do love a Reese's pumpkin. Yeah. But if you want to follow us on our social medias that we check so very often. Yep, we're very good at it, clearly. Uh, yeah. Again, sorry to anybody who waits on us. We'll get there eventually. But Detroit Strange on Facebook, at Detroit Strange on Instagram and Twitter, and our email address, DetroitStrange at gmail.com.
If you want to support the show, you could always give us some reviews. Also, we've got our thread list. We've got our Patreon. So hit us up there if you're interested in supporting the show in a monetary fashion. And yeah. Also, I just want to plug again yeah. before the end of October. If you are in or, in or around the Clawson area, definitely check out Weiss Distilling Company. And that's W-E-I-S-S. And if you want to check them out on Instagram, it's W-E-I-S-S-D-I-S-T-I-L-L-I-N-G Co. Beautiful photographs on there. And if Lucy's your bartender, say hi. Until next time. Until next time. Stay strange. This has been a production of Planet Ant Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Our theme song was recorded by Detroit's own Sax and Violence.
1987, a schooner captain said several crew members had reported a pack of wild dogs roaming Bowers Harbor. His story was never recorded. In 57, a man of the cloth found claw marks on an old church door. The newspaper said they'd been made by a dog. He'd have had to stood seven foot four. In 67, a van load of hippies told a park ranger named Quinlan they'd been awakened in the night by a scratch at the window. There was a dog man looking in and grinning. In 77, there were screams in the night near the village of Bel Air. Could have been a bobcat, could have been the wind. Nobody looked up there. Then in the summer of 87, near Luther, it happened again. At a cabin in the woods, it looked like maybe someone had tried to break in. There were cuts around the doors that could only been made by very sharp teeth and claws. He didn't wear shoes because he didn't have feet. He walked on just two paws. So far this year, no stories have appeared. Have the dog men gone away? Have they disappeared? Soon enough, I guess we'll know because this is the time to fear. For another 10 years has come around. The seventh year is here. And somewhere in the Northwoods darkness, a creature walks upright. And the best advice you may ever get 